Hello everybody, you are listening to another episode of Atomic Shot. I am your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Iggy, and joining me is Chief Godzillaologist Tyler. Tyler, welcome back, buddy. Thanks for having me. I, I found this uh, weird liquid metal in here. Should I be worried, or is that normal? That's no, fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sure it's not going to come back and bite us in the ass later. It's totally fine. Alright, everybody. So, we are back once again for Atomic Shot. Uh, this is the... we Today, to this episode... Will be on the second uh, movie of the Netflix animated trilogy of Godzilla movies. That is, and I honestly think this has the coolest title: Godzilla, City on the Edge of Battle. That is a pretty money name. I'll give it that. So uh, we were both pretty disappointed, or not not super impressed with the first movie, except for like, the last ten minutes when the actual three hundred meter tall 1000 feet tall Godzilla showed up uh but that's literally the last five minutes of the movie uh he I'm hoping this is a little bit different so without going too much into it Tyler did you like this one better than the last one yeah this is uh definitely an improvement but I still think it's uh not super great honestly all right so enough of the introductions so let's go ahead and break it down let's go ahead and break this down real quick um, this is directed by Kobun Chizuno and Hiroyuki uh, Shishida, produced by Takasha, uh, Takahashi Yoshizawa, screenplay by Sadayuki Murai, Tetsuya Amada, and Gen Urubuchi, story by Gen Urubuchi, starring Mauro Miyano, Takahiro Sakurai, Tomo Kazu Suguda, Yuki Kaiji, and Junichi Suwabe. Uh, this was released in May of 2018. I think this is the first time we've reviewed any Godzilla movie that's Japanese that's not been released in December, which is odd. Uh, at least I can think yeah, off, off the top weird. of my head. Um, so, uh, and this is, uh, had a runtime of 100 minutes uh, with a box office of 100 million yen. So, um, Tyler, without getting too much into it, uh, spoiler-wise, because we're going to pick apart the story and we're going to go through the story walk through in a minute. Did you like this one more or less than Planet of the Monsters? Uh, I feel like this one is a little better than Planet of the Monsters. Um, there are less things here that piss me off compared to uh, the last one. So I imagine they've learned a few things, but at the same time, they kind of keep uh, the slow-burning storytelling uh, uh, kind of mentality going. Correct. I'll agree with you on that front. There are, there is a lot more interesting things going on, and especially like the theme of it all. So, not going to it. The theme of this movie is basically how far are you willing to sell your soul to kill God? If I'm going to sum it up in one sentence, like how far will you really go to to do it? Um, so let's just go ahead and break down the story. Uh, as we learned last time at the at the post credit scene. Haruo somehow survived the attack against Godzilla Earth, um, and he is he was taken as I guess ref, uh, as a refugee by this woman, this seemingly young young girl woman, um, into a home, and that's it. That's all we saw. So we pretty much start from there, where Haruo is awake um, in his underwear, and uh, we and, and we learn, and he begins chasing uh, this uh, person who held who helped them. Uh, is running through the forest. Um, eventually, we learn that uh, some of the members, uh, f- a few people from the uh, Earth Touchdown Party, as I call it, 
they uh, they survived, namely the two members of the Bill of Saludo, uh, his girl, his wannabe girlfriend, I guess. Uh, I think that's Yuki, um, and uh, and basically, you know, the scientist. The only one we're not sure about is Medfis because he's nowhere to be found. Um, so there's that. Uh, we we they are soon uh, ca- eventually they are soon captured by the people who took. Uh, Haro, not hostage, but helped him, or at least her people. They're surrounded by them, and they're eventually taken into a cavern. Uh, and they learn that in this cavern, that uh, if they have breathable air, which is like what the, f- and and sort of they, they begin a debate on, well, are they human? Are are like are they like? And I think uh, Tyler Kirby from wrong, but one of the the scientist characters was like, they might have evolved from insects. We don't fucking know. Um, I heard that said that they devolved uh, from the Japanese translation. Devolved, okay. Uh, it was yeah, because like, because like, because from humanity, we would we would not be just like this anymore after twenty thousand years. So it's like that's what I'm saying. They might have evolved from insects, which would, that would be an evolution. But in terms of humanity, it's not necessarily an evolution. So we don't know really know what they are. Um, uh, and uh, eventually, we learn. What the tribe is called, uh, Tyler? Do you have that name on you? What they're called? Um, they're called the Hotua. The Hotua, and so um, the Ho- we, we, we basically know that the Hotua can communicate via telepathy. They all have telepathical powers, and this is where we get our first non-Godzilla monster here. Although we don't really see her, uh, we don't we don't see her at all. Uh, they make reference to the Great Egg. Uh, that battle the king of the monsters, or they ba- reference it. They they called Godzilla something ethereal, but it's you could tell they're talking about Godzilla, and that all that was left behind after fire and ash was an egg, and they obeyed the egg. So this is basically the tribe of Mothra. Yeah, I I kind of figured that the twins in this movie were like the Shobujin or something. Yeah, I think I think that's that's super obvious. Uh, even the way they talk. Um, as you as you hear when they're tele- either communicating telepathically or communicating things to Haruo, they're definitely supposed to be the Shobujin. Um You don't put twins in a movie on on an accident, you know, in a Godzilla movie without an accident. It, it's on purpose. Um, so through uh, through this, uh, we learn uh, eventually that uh, they want to try. They despite all that's happened, Haruo still wants to kill. Godzilla, uh, he he's still hell bent on revenge, and he believes they can still do it. Um, eventually, they are they, they they stumble out to try to venture off to try to get to a landing point, so that they can at least return back to the spaceship that's waiting for them out in space, so they can I guess recruit supplies or whoever wants to go home can go home. And um, they have what's the, the big ironic thing is that right as the landing ship comes down. Uh, the two members of the Bill of Saludo, which, by the way, I think one of them, I couldn't tell them apart because, God, visually, the design-wise, they're so similar. I'm pretty sure one of them is voiced by All Might. I was going to say in the last one, but I didn't have a good opportunity to bring it up. That's for, that's fucking All Might, dude. Yeah, this, yeah, this is All Might. I can't remember, uh, I can't remember, um, it's, if it's, if it's Bellu Bellu or, um, I can't, I think, or is it, um... I can't remember actually who it was. Gura uh, Gura, I, I think I it was. Gura Gura? Okay, hold on. Let me look up All Might's voice. Gaura Gura. 
Okay. Yeah, Ken, uh, Kenta Miyake, that's his name. Uh, so yeah, he he uh, he is the voice of Be- uh, Bello, um, Bello Bello. So yeah, he's if, also if Abdol Japanese in JoJo Part Three. Is he? Yeah, he has a he has a very distinct voice. I'll say like he like what he does. And I look at his profile picture, like wow, that's All Might. Holy shit! <laughs> um, yeah, right. And it's he's even Thor in the Japanese dub of Thor: The Dark World. So that's like that's, rad. Like, that's perfect casting. So, anyways, so the the Bello Saludo, um, uh, they notice. Uh, okay, so I guess they the they notice that the uh, the tribe. Remind me what the tribe. The tribe's name is very hard to get and remember for me for some reason. I might just call it the tribe of Mothra just to keep it simple. Um, they notice that they when they were shooting bows and arrows, they noticed their weaponry that it their the tips they they use for arrows were coated in a very specific metal. Nano machine, son. Um, Nano so metal, that, son. Uh, yeah, exactly. Nano metal. So they basically it sparks their their. We don't really see it, but we assume it assumes they go off somewhere, and they they eventually try to confirm. Like, wait a minute, if this is here, then that means they go away, and then they come back, and then you know, hey, this is this is nano metal. The the people were using nano metal, and. And that pretty much, like, it pretty much urges Haruo on to tell him, like, hey, with this nanometal, if if I if they if I think if they think what they think this is, they could easily de- they could defeat Godzilla no problem. And of course, Haruo gives this big speech and like how we can do it and same shit like last time. So what we learn after following a signal of the uh, of this nanometal. We find ourselves in a big, I guess it's a canyon, out, out, valley. They call it the like the the shining valley. I actually like the when you hear the um, the the Shobujin talk, they call uh, or like the the tribe of Mothra talk. Uh, they call it the shining valley, and it's called that because it's Mecha Godzilla City. That is the fucking coolest name for a city ever, and I'm just imagining yeah. Mecha Godzilla with a cane and a top hat as the mayor. Yeah, exactly. So, while that is not the case here, um, as we saw if in the first movie, God, Mechagodzilla was destroyed by Godzilla before Mechagodzilla was even fully operational. It didn't even get turned on before it was destroyed. But you can see Mechagodzilla in the first movie. I think we even mentioned it. Um, and so, now they're basically like, well, look, it, it, and apparently this nanometal has been expanding itself for 20,000 years. And so, it's this big... It's a reproduction of the original Mechagodzilla um, facility that produced him, and we learn as they go further into the uh, into the facility. And Yuki makes a great line in this moment. Um, Yuko Tani, that's her name. Uh, she makes a great uh, moment where she goes, "It feels like I'm entering a monster because as they enter it, it really does feel like." They're entering something that's not of this world, which it isn't. It's a creation of the Bill of Saludo, but it's really creepy inside of uh, Mechagodzilla City. Yeah, uh, Mechagodzilla's city, kind the concept at least, kind of reminds me of the Big Getty Star from Return of Cooler. A little bit, yeah. Or it's it's an it's it's a metal that's constantly absorbing. Uh, even so, like you see it absorb uh, the the flying creatures that we saw from the first movie as they attack again in this movie. Like, it just eats everything. And that's going to be a problem later, I promise. Um, so, eventually, like, this is great. 
we now have the tools to defeat Godzilla, and they basically devise a plan to defeat Godzilla, which is very similar to what they did last time, just bigger in scale. Um, so the idea is, uh, and I'll get to like the drama second, but the idea is basically they want to funnel Godzilla to this specific point. They're going to drop him down to where he can only go this way. It's the direction that leads to Mechagodzilla. Basically encase him in lava and basically just white, like, encase him in nanometal so he can't move anymore. Yeah, that's pretty much the gist of their plan. Um, and of course, that all sounds hunky-dory, but as as we learn, um, and we'll get to some character moments we talk about when we break down the story a little bit, but we, uh, some of the human characters are kind of, they, they express concern, like, well... If the nanometal is consuming them, what's it going to stop from consuming us? And they're like, oh, will you stop it? Shut up. Don't worry about that. Just shush. Shush. It's literally what I see no problems here. Exactly. Um, so uh, we see two other members of the Bill of Saluto, which I thought it was the two because I thought there were only two. They all, I'm sorry. The biggest design flaw is that they all look alike and I can't tell. That's not being racist. They literally designed them to make all look alike. It's it's, oh, it's a problem. Um, we see two of them get into like capsules. And basically have the nanometal start to encase them. And we're told by that they are basically becoming one with Mechagodzilla to Mechagodzilla City to help it function and to direct what it needs to do. So, and basically, Bello Bello and the other Bello Saludo are like, we have to, we have to be, we have to do this. There is no other way to defeat Mechagodzilla to defeat Godzilla. Um, and Godzilla shortly shows up, and it becomes an all-out brawl. Uh, it becomes basically a, 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 a attempt to divert him there. And then it becomes a question of how far are you willing to sell your soul to kill the thing you swore to kill? Like, how far are you going to transcend humanity to do the thing? Yeah, just, just jump... Okay, let's, let's stop there, because... It, all, it, it doesn't, spoiler, it doesn't go to plan because Haruro actually has a fucking conscience. Um, so, th- let's, let's talk about some, let's talk about the story. Number one, what I say, what I will say is an improvement of this movie is, and it's come, I guess, my, not my favorite scene in the movie, but I think it's interesting, that Haruro actually shows remorse for his actions from the last movie. Yeah, uh, he's a lot less headstrong in this film compared to the last one. I th- yeah, and I think that's because like he he came face to face with God last time, like you know, and he got humbled hard. And so while he does still have that confidence, like w- especially when they discover the nano metal, even then he's still sh- I think he's still shaken by the sheer power of Godzilla. Yeah, it was a lot to take in. So. Um, yeah, but like he has a moment of weakness where he's like, "I, sh- it's my fault. I should, you know, we're, that we're here. I shouldn't have misled everybody." And it's it's a nice moment for him, considering this character was nothing but a head-on, strong, hard-ass last time. And actually helps further on into at the end of the movie when he makes the decision to not do what the Billis Ludo want. Um, but we'll get into that in a moment. So, but how did you did you think they they progressed his character arc even a little bit, Tyler? Uh, yeah. Uh, I would say that he's a bit more tolerable in this film compared to uh, Planet of the Monsters. Definitely. Um, it's what happens when, like, your, your, your anger and your rage get met with something that just doesn't give a shit. Doesn't care. Um, it doesn't mean he doesn't try, though. Now he's kind of channeling that anger into, like, 
actually you know being productive against against Godzilla. So let, let's I guess we'll talk about it. So uh, the plan for the Bill of Saluto as as they're assaulting Godzilla, um, uh, they they basically are have to commit like a dive attack because I think one of the harpoons just wasn't piercing enough, or they needed to pierce Godzilla again, but they didn't have a harpoon ready. Uh, to pierce Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla so the, melted one of them uh, while they were building it. Right, exactly. So, um, and and so basically, uh, uh, one of the one of the builders like, we have to inject the part of your suit or the mech that they were flying in with uh, with nanometal so to survive. And he goes, wait, what part? Because the whole mech was rebuilt from for, for with nanometal. So and then in the chilling fucking line, it's you, Haruo. Um, and so basically, then you hear uh, Yuko Tani start screaming, and oh my god, her scream just haunts me. Uh, and you see her become starting to become infected with nanometal. Uh, one of the Billasudo already has nanometal. The other one is becoming infected with nanometal, and he calmly says, "It's only gonna hurt for now, but it'll be okay." Yeah, that's pretty fucked up, bro. Yeah, just in in combat, we're gonna we're gonna let the nano metal take over you, take over your system. And it, it's honestly my favorite part of the movie, where they base where the Bilisudo basically question um, Haruo's determination. Like the second you said you were gonna take Godzilla down, you can't be human anymore. Like they it, they you have to ascend something. This is not defeating Godzilla is not a human accomplishment. It can never it never can be and never will be. You have to ascend. Basically saying to beat the monster, you have to become the monster. Yeah, pretty much. And I I think that's it was so chilling. I think that's why I like this movie a lot more just because it it's that ethical question. How far will you go as a person? to obtain your goal what is your what is your wall now let me ask you this before it happened did you think Hotaro was gonna like embrace the nanometal or did you think because yuko was hurting and ultimately becomes unconscious did you think he was gonna do the right thing and be like no fuck this this is wrong um i figured that he would probably do the right thing in the end because he's definitely um learned a lot from uh the past failure from the last movie that you can't beat godzilla like this uh, and um uh, I assume uh, his humanity is worth a lot more than beating Godzilla on his own. Right, exactly, because like, like you know, is um, uh, it, it's like that. It's the end game scene with Thanos. You know, did you do it? Yes. What did it cost? And in, in, in Hotaru's case, if he loses his humanity, it would be everything. You know, what's the point of defeating Godzilla if you can't maintain your humanity? You what become you the very for? thing you swore to destroy. Exactly, and I, I that's like that to me is like the best part of the movie, right? It's it's kind of like it. it I mean, it's it's really like in your face about it, but sometimes you need to be in your face about it. And I, I really like that decision to question Hadaro's determination to question: Do you really want to do this? Do you really want to take down Godzilla? You have to do. Are you willing to sacrifice everything for it? And of course, his answer was: I'm not going to sacrifice human my humanity to defeat this monster, to defeat this god. Yeah, I find that admirable. Okay. Uh, let's let's see. Let's let's talk about what else. We, what else are we talking about? So I, I think I, that's why. I, and that's why I honestly think the story is a little bit better. It is a slower burn. I don't think there's as much 
techno jargon, but there is a lot of philosophical talk, which I think is a lot more engaging and interesting than the techno jargon we were getting last movie. It's a lot easier to follow, for one thing, because it's actually closer to life. Right, exactly. It's it's universal things we can all understand versus, you know, oh, quadrillion megatons and this and that and equations and making you... 1.21 gigawatts. Exactly. Um, so let's... Oh, God, what, what should we talk about? Let's talk about Mechagodzilla City. Um, obviously, the most radical departure of any version... Because technically, this is Mechagodzilla. Tyler, how did... Because you, you didn't see this before, right? No. Okay, how did you feel about when they revealed that it was Mechagodzilla City? Uh, I feel like that's a pretty neat idea and concept, really. Like, instead of having a giant monster kaiju robot, uh, like we've had uh, in the previous generations, uh, having an entire city fight against Godzilla is a really cool idea. Yeah, and it's basically the... A so, somehow... Uh, even though it was blasted all the hell, the head still stayed on, and the a artificial intelligence was in there basically was allowing it to operate. So that's why when you see it in the movie, it's this big factory, and it it's really ingenious because it it put I guess it put up its own cloaking so Godzilla would never find it because obviously if Godzilla found it, it would just be defenseless without any kind of like human control to take it because I think the AI can only do so much. Um, yeah, I think in concept you're right. I think it's cool. I just don't think they go far enough with it in terms of like being, because I kind of like it. I wish the AI was like its own thing, and it didn't need the other Bill of Saludo to be like volunteers to do stuff for it. But that the Mechagodzilla itself had a mind of its own, and the city itself was doing these things and manipulating the Bill of Saludo. But that's not the case here. I feel like uh, the Bill of Saludo were kind of a hive-minded race anyway, and. Uh... Having uh, their creation uh, that they made uh, pretty much be of the same conscience kind of makes sense, I guess? I think so. Yeah, I don't think it's as clear, though. They don't definitely make that established. They don't, they don't establish it that well, but I, I can see that intention. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's like, I, I kind of, I mean, I grant it, if you're an old school Godzilla fan, you hear Mechagodzilla, you kind of want to see the giant metal robot of him and duke it out like normally with Godzilla. But just like, and even though you don't get a typical Godzilla brawl in this, the way it has to fight Godzilla is really unique in how it puts how it puts up the 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 shaft or the the the, the spray to basically uh, disper Godzilla's atomic breath, so it doesn't hit have a direct hit on it, um, or like it's how it's constantly overtaking the environment to suit its own needs. It's like Godzilla, even though it's not, it's like an artificial intelligence should be evil. But it's it's almost like it it's I mean they even say it like well if we defeat Godzilla with Mechagodzilla City, what's gonna stop Mechagodzilla from terraforming our entire planet to be like this, you know? Yeah. So I think that's what like the bigger fear is. Um let's see what else what else we talk what else are we gonna talk about. Let's talk about the final fight. Uh, even though it's not it's not much compared to what we've seen before. Uh, Tyler, what did you think of this sort of the final, like, 20 minutes of action? I thought it was alright. Like, uh, the action is, uh, kind of on par with the last movie, so there isn't really that much to say this time. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, because there's no monsters again, except, I mean, obviously, besides Mechagodzilla City, but he, it's, it's a city, it's not gonna, I was kind of ho- I wasn't gonna lie, I was kind of hoping, like, out of nowhere, Mechagodzilla would come out, like, one of the, out of one of the domes that you see, 
and then start brawling, and it's also going to be 300 meters tall, but it, it doesn't. It never does. Oh. But, yeah, I, I, I do think that from a camera standpoint and, like, how how you have basically three aerial mechs that look like Gundam uh, and Wing Zero. Don't tell me that they don't. Okay. Oh, have you not seen Gundam Wing, or am I confused? I thought you did. Oh, I haven't seen any Gundams, but I've been planning on Oh, okay. It. Okay. Okay, well, if you look up Gundam Wing, they look like them, especially down to the wings that they got. It's very Gundam-inspired. Um, but I thought the camera angles were very dynamic, uh, considering Godzilla is slow as hell in this movie. I think they did a great job of, you know, making the the battle feel fast-paced, even though the titular monster here is as slow as, like... Well, I mean, he's a big, thick boy, so he's gotta be slow, right? Right, exactly. No, it's for sure. But, like, th- th- that's a tricky way. Like, how do you make a Godzilla battle entertaining with a monster that's slow? The answer, you put it against something that's fast so you can follow the fasting. So it gives you the illusion that the fight is actually entertaining. Um, Alright, uh, anything else you want to add, Tyler? Because I don't think... Uh, about the story, anything like that? Um, well, we've, uh, we neglected to uh, mention one pivotal thing. Uh... Yes. In in the middle of the movie, uh, uh, Haro and uh, Metfis, who is definitely alive, by the way, we I think we forgot to mention. Yeah, oh that. yeah, yeah. Metfis Metfis comes out and saves everybody with the mech, so he somehow is alive. We don't know how, but his bitch ass is alive. So yeah, uh, he and Haro have a bit of a talk, and a, and you know they discuss of how uh, the Bill Saludo are probably um, they don't have the best of intentions. And there's probably something way worse out there in space. And we don't yeah. hear it until the stinger at the very end. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. So yeah, that, I, I, besides the whole Bilisodo between Haro and the fight scene, this is my favorite section where Haruo, uh, Medfis is basically questioning, like, not, he's basically like, well, uh, I'm, like, he's talking about the thing that destroyed their planet, the Exus planet. And he's like, he's like, well, we don't really say it, you know. It's it's like a bad omen. And he says, well, I'm gonna tell you, because the the fear, because the fear of this monster that I'm gonna tell you, uh, that it's it there's there are more dangerous things out there in the deepest space, um, and that the fear that you show Godzilla is not even is not even worth the thing that's out that destroyed my planet. It's it's not even remotely close. And he just leans in, and that's it. And we don't hear what it is. It's like speculating on what it is um so and but i think that's a great scene because it pretty it pretty much puts in perspective also we see medfis medfis is doing something man he's doing something and i don't like it hmm i wonder what he could be doing i think we'll have to tune in next time yeah uh so yeah um Hotaro, so basically to wrap it up Hotaro causes the uh the plan to go awol because uh yuko is badly hurts because of the nano injection uh her rejecting one thing okay one thing that's interesting i guess we got to forget i forgot to bring up is that the mothra tribe they have like this weird powder over them which is why i think they made the insect comparison that they might be and considering that the chill they're the tribe of mothra i think that would make sense um that that um and even in the uh in the movie they make a reference to it that the humans that are there, they, they started to feel sick while inside Mechagodzilla City. And assuming it's like the nanometal that's in the air. It's like not healthy. But the second they got out of the city, that's when everything started to feel better. 
And so Hotterwell starts getting injected with the nanometal, but and it looks like he's going to get overtaken. He or he would just accept it, but he rejects it, and somehow he basically says no. And it's because of the powder that the tribe of Mothra put on him. Huh, that's interesting. Which is like basically saying nature is always going to be stronger than science, you dumb motherfuckers. Um, so yeah, that's probably going to play a key role. Um, okay, let's talk about that post credits that post credit scene. So the the operation against Mechagodzilla is terrible, um, and it, we cut to it, it's in Mechagodzilla is is utterly destroyed because Godzilla just wipes it the fuck out with the biggest atomic breath we have seen ever. And then we get like a weird. What would you call that shape, Tyler? Um, I would call it like a philosophical flashback. I would think. Yeah, where we get over uh, dialogue over um, voiceover from Medfis of various things he said throughout the two movies, and we get this like, this weird shape in the middle. Um, and like he we earlier Medfis has like this coin. That has like this. It looks like webbing or etching lines. It's hard to say what it is. Um, not really sure. And so finally, we go back. Eventually, we go back to the scene where we were just talked about a minute ago. How you know? I'm going to tell you the name of the monster that strikes fear. That's uh, that Godzilla doesn't even deserve to be in the same breath. He whispers in, and the music is so great because it heightens. The music heightens, and then he whispers, Ghidorah. Aw, shit. And then cut to black. It's like, I I can't tell you, Tyler, when I first saw that, and I went, holy fucking shit, Ghidorah? What the fuck? Well, I mean, what's a Godzilla continuity without Ghidorah, right? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, Ghidorah is confer- is the next villain uh, uh, for the third movie. So, Tyler, I'm going to ask you, how did you feel when you saw that uh, post credit sequence? Um, I can't say I didn't see it coming. I mean, when he no- when he mentioned that there was a plant-destroying monster out there, I kind of assumed that was going to be Ghidorah. Uh, either that or Space Godzilla, as you jokingly mentioned in the last uh, one that we did. Right. I mean, it could have been anybody, right? It could have been any monster. This is a whole new continuity. Hell, it could have been Jet Jaguar, for all we know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be funny as shit. Yes. Um, but hey, he's going to be in that anime show, so look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Ghidorah is the is the, old, the final big bad for this trilogy. Uh, I, I will say, as much as I enjoyed the final ten minutes of Planet of the Monsters, I think that one little lean-in that Medfis does in this movie, and just says... Uh, in the English, in, in the Japanese dub, it's fine, because he says, Ghidorah. And that's fine, but the way it's said in English uh, by the voice actor, the way he says... Ghidorah, and he just it just hangs it the way he says it it just hangs in the air it's like oh shit and i, I when the first time i watched this it was like 11 o'clock at night finished it at like 11 30 or something like that or i was like 10 10 9 something finished it like 11 11 30 and so all i hear right before i'm going to bed is Ghidorah, and it's like oh shit what the fuck i'm mommy i'm scared Alright, so let's... I think I think that's enough. This Unfortunately, there's not much to say because, like I said, uh, I, I, you, theoretically, we should, probably should have done these as one movie because it really feels like one. it should have been one movie. Um, but it's put in three parts. And plus the content, guys. The content. Um, so let's give it a... Let's go to the ratings board. Oh, actually, Tyler, do we have any notes that, you, that we missed? Um, that's everything for me. 
Okay, cool. Uh, then let's go to the ratings board. Tata, what do you give Godzilla City on the Edge of Battle? I'm going to give this one a 3 out of 5. Uh, this film is a little better than the last one. Uh, kind of like uh, we mentioned before. Haro isn't as stupidly headstrong like before, and the film focuses more on his humanity, which I think is endearing. Aside from the Bill Salado becoming something more of a durotagonistic force, the rest of the characters are still kind of uninteresting, honestly. Overall, this is better than Planet of the Monsters, but it's still a slow burn that takes too long to get itself going. I agree with everything you say. Um, the, the, while the Billis, and you can't even tell who the Billis Saludo are when they're talking, um, even when they're in the two, not even in the same room. Um, so, uh, but I so I think it poses interesting philosophical questions. I think I think Mechagodzilla City as a concept is really cool. I don't just don't think it was fully explored to where it needed to be. Um, but I do like Haro's sort of, uh, turning point where he's like, he actually acknowledges his fuck ups that like, yeah, I, I fucked up. I messed up and, you know, kind of redeeming of it. Uh, and of course Yuko wanting that D, um, got to get that D, uh, and gotta she get gets it, jealous. Yeah. She got jealous of one of the, of the, of the Shobujin for showing Haro some favor favoritism. Uh, that's definitely going to play a factor into the next movie. I can tell you that right now. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude it for this episode of Atomic Shot, and of course the second part of the Netflix trilogy. Come back next week where we and where we conclude this little trilogy with Godzilla, the Planet Eater, which I think is such a cool name. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, the Planet Eater. Watch this on your TVs if you can. Don't watch it on your phone. Uh, Tyler, where can the lovely people find your entertainment? You can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's That Tie. Also, check out the pinned tweet for um, my uh, little review series on YouTube that I like to call Tie Your Shoes, where I pretty much do uh, little video game reviews on uh, stuff I feel like doing. In this case, uh, retro fighting games. Uh, so, look out for uh, the Tekken 2 video that I made. Uh, I'll be uh, releasing the Tekken 3 video uh, very shortly. That one's taking a bit longer to edit than the others. And, uh, yeah, after that, I'll be doing Digimon Rumble Arena, so that'll be cool. Nice. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelsiggy for all things related to the Marvelous one. Uh, I stream and uh, I stream also at twitch.tv slash iggy2814 every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central Standard with this goober, um, where we've been playing Super Mario World, and it's been a lot of fun. Ghost um, House Panic! Exactly. And then, of course, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I also do YouTube videos. Uh, the current pin tweet is my the Zelda anniversary music uh, video that I did. Zelda, Zelda 35th anniversary video I did, which is Zelda Music and Me, where I talk about some of my favorite tracks in the entire franchise. Um, my Hades video is coming. It's just it's a lot of footage that I have to cut down to roughly about 22 minutes, and it's a lot. And I'm it's picking the best parts, and it's hard. I know, I right? Hades. So, uh, but look forward to that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and of course, check out a, a Charge Shot, uh, the weekly uh, games cast, where every Friday, me, uh, Thomas, and Justin pl- uh, talk play the talk about the news and games and games we've been playing that week at live at uh, every Friday at eight PM Central Standard Time. Uh, all right, guys, that's gonna do it for this episode of Atomic Shot. Again, thank you for listening. We are entering the final four movies of this. No, five, five movies of this illustrious series and uh, we will announce what me and Tyler are doing uh, 
afterwards once we get closer to the finale. Uh, but until then, go, go, Godzilla. I think that weird liquid metal is... Oh, no! Oh, God!